just getting comfortable with our operation. By the time Jacob snaps it to the time I kick it for a field goal, it's about 1.3 seconds. So, I mean, there's not much margin for error. So, you know, you have to get really comfortable. I'm only able to see it for, you know, half a second before I kick it just about. So, you know, it's just about getting thousands and thousands of reps so that we're really comfortable uh, going into the season. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Live from the Aces facility, you heard Daniel Carlson right there talking about just what goes into kicking that field goal. And they have a new long snapper this year, and they've had Trent Sieg for years. And so between Trent Sieg and A.J. Cole and Daniel Carlson, they were one tight unit. So now they've got to get tight with their new long snapper. They've just got to get those reps, and it's all you can do. Reps on top of reps on top of reps on top of reps until you're tired of reps and then get more reps and get more reps. Right, right when you've repped out, right, when you're like, okay, no more. Then you got to do 100 more, right? I mean, that's just, that's just what it is. When, right when you don't want to do any more, you've got to continue to do more so they can all get on the same page because, man, that has been a staple of the Raiders. You know, they, they've had a really good special teams unit between the kicker, the punter, everyone. They've, they've been – that's all reliable. Well, you want all reliable to stay all reliable. You don't want to have the issues that you could have when you don't have that guy there and you're not all on the same page. So uh, it's very important that they get on the same page and it, it, that's it, the only way to do it is go through the reps. So uh, we're here at the Aces facility. We're having a good time. We're here till 5 o'clock. We definitely appreciate all the feedback. I threw the question out there on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r What I mean by that, I know I say that all the time, and sometimes I need to explain exactly what I mean by that. 69187 is the phone number, right? So if you're going to send a text message, that's how you send it, 69187. In, the, in your message, put the letters R-N-R, space and then whatever message you want and then that's guaranteed to get to me and if you don't do it that way if you don't put the keyword rnr letters i should say it's not a word rnr which stands for raider nation radio if you're wondering it's going to go to esp in las vegas and i won't get it and steve cofield will get it and wonder what is he talking about hunter redfro about you know and I, don't, I don't want them to do that right i don't i don't, I don't want to give them your material <laughs> right i rather you know, it stay here so we could talk about it so that's i i, I like to do that a couple times a week, explain the text line, and I always forget to do it. So 69187, keyword again, the letters R-N-R. And then the phone lines is real simple, 702-365-9200. Our man Snake Man has called in. Snake Man, what's on your mind? Welcome to Unnecessary Roughness. What's on, brother? I am so glad you explained that because I have been trying to text you guys for about uh, six months now. I never get a response, man. I'm like, come on, show me some love. So that's why I <laughs> finally got through that. And I'll tell you one thing, too. I'd rather have a defensive taco than an offensive one. So, yes. You know, we're okay with that there. Too. Yes. <laughs> I, got, I got a couple quick things. Um, Marcus Peters, you know, he, got, he had that ACL injury uh, September of 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, it typically takes a year to come back from that. Uh, he had kind of a, like, you know, a down year for his uh, measurables last year, but I really think he's going to have a bounce back year. He's 30 years old is not old for a cornerback, especially a guy like him. I expect him to have a really good year for us. A la Casey Hayward. Everybody thought maybe he was a little bit washed. Yeah. But I really expect Peters to have a heck of a year for us. And second, you know, uh, Nesta Jade Silvera is a guy that I really like, especially now if Byron Young can't back, get back into the mix here pretty soon. I really like this kid. Uh, he was a hell of a player coming out of high school. He was a four-star recruit. And most of the, uh, you know, most of the uh, scouting reports on this guy uh, are really favorable and for him to stepping in and being a hell of a run uh, stopper. So this guy's got a hell of a motor. I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing him. And one last thing, uh, Zeus, 
is going to have a chance to really show everybody what he's made of this year. If Josh, you know, for some reason doesn't get back into camp here soon or whatever he decides to do, I really think Zeus is going to show everybody why the Raiders decided not to uh, extend his contract. Talk to you later. I'll, I'll try that text line, too. Thanks. <laughs> uh, Snake, man, good stuff, man. Great breakdown. And, and yeah, you know, uh, I was high on Byron Young, the third-round pick out of Alabama, but he can't go. Right, he's on the pup list right now, so he can't go. So that does open up a door for Nesta Jade Silvera. And look, that's the thing, and that's why I talked about Nate Hobbs and said that he's missing valuable time. It's only three days of practice, but it's three days of practice. And there's guys that if you – and I was explaining this. I was talking with Mark McMillan on the sidelines today, and that's former uh, NFL defensive back Mark McMillan. We were standing there, and we were talking – and, you know, he was saying that, Q, I was that guy. I was that guy that just got on the field because somebody else wasn't available to be on the field. And he said, and once I got on the field, I wasn't going to let them take me off. That's the thing about it. And I told him, I said, look, totally different fields, right? I, I'm not that guy, but I am that guy, right? The, I, was, I would be that guy in radio where it's like, hey, man, we need someone to work Thanksgiving. I'm like, yeah, I got it. I'll do it. And no one else wanted to do it. But I did because I knew, hey, man, <laughs> if I ain't working, someone else is going to get it, so I might as well go ahead and get that shine. So I would do it. So, you know, that's just, that's just what it is. So there's guys out there that are competing right now. There's guys out there in practice that, that just are getting reps that these guys that expect to get the, the job aren't getting. So I'm not saying, like I said, I'm not saying that someone's going to snatch someone's job up, but I'll tell you what, you get more of a look. When Dave Ziegler's out there at practice, as he's at every day, and he's analyzing, he's breaking down what he's seeing, if you're not on the field, guess what he's not doing? He ain't seeing you. <laughs> he ain't seeing you. So he is seeing somebody. So I think that Snake Man brings up a, a, you know, a, a great point about a guy like Nesta J. Silvera. He's, he's out there and he's, he's competing. And as long as he's competing, man, he's, he's showing something, good, bad, or ugly. At least he's out there. You know, it's, 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 it's one step closer to, to being part of the team and being you know, on the roster as opposed to not being out there at all and, and he's right about when he says Marcus Peters and the ACL and you know I've said it multiple times as a guy who's torn the ACL on both my, my knees that you know coming back playing basketball it, it, yeah you're able to come back in the first year but it's the next year that you feel a lot more confident <laughs> and it's all about confidence man if the confidence is there you're good to go and Marcus Peters are bringing him along slowly yesterday was kind of a slow day for him where they didn't have him really out there doing a whole lot today he did a lot more Right, and that's the same thing that they're doing with Jimmy G. Even though you know today was Jimmy's third day uh, as far as practice, and he wasn't out there, and so a lot of people you know freaked out. But it was one of their uh, things that they're bringing him along slowly. They're not going to rush the process or, or anything. They're just going to make sure that he is good to go and gets to the starting point. Especially after what we saw yesterday uh, across the league, when you look at a guy like Joe Burrow, and everyone got scared with the calf injury when he went down, and Jalen Ramsey, as I mentioned earlier, he goes down with a meniscus tear, and he's out until at least December. He might miss the whole season. So uh, thank you, Snake. Man, for that uh, call. I do appreciate you brought up some really good points. Looking at the don'tbebroke.com text line, again, 69187, keyword RNR. Rich in Oakland said, I don't know if I should feel optimistic or pessimistic about this season, but I'm finally happy we have a new quarterback. Jimmy is mid also, but at least he has grit and is good in the red zone. That's Rich in Oakland. And, you know, it's funny, when we had Cassie on, and I mentioned that I was surprised that Jimmy G is just one of the homeboys. And I don't know, maybe that's wrong that I say that. Maybe it's wrong that I judged him like that. I just I never looked at him as one of those guys who's like, oh, I'm going to call Jimmy, see what he's doing. But from everything that we have heard from players and coaches so far, it's just like Jimmy's the guy. You know, everyone's just saying, oh, hey, man, he's, he's cool, man. We just hang out. He's just, he's just one of the guys. Andre James said that in particular. He's just one of the guys. And it, it's just – I think it's different, man. I think it's different when you're just able to go and, and compete with just one of the guys instead of someone who you might look at and be like, oh, that's – 
that's QB1, right? Someone that you don't have to really address like that. So I, I don't know if it makes any kind of difference, but it was one of the surprises for me for the first three days is, is how much everyone's just like, yeah, that's Jimmy. Like Max Crosby talking about, oh, he talks trash. He trash-talked me before practice. You know, I mean, it's just, it's kind of cool. Snake Man just hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line, testing to see if it, I figured out this text line, LOL. Yes, Snake Man, I got it. <laughs> Thanks for that text. But, yeah, that's, that's one of my big surprises is that Jimmy is just one of the guys. So, you know, maybe I you know, looked at him wrong. I mean, look, he was in San Francisco. He was in New England. He wasn't with the Raiders, so it's not like I was covering him and talking to him and this, that, and the other. So you get an idea about someone, and then, you know, everyone starts talking about who they really are. And so it sounds like everyone has really op- uh, welcomed Jimmy G to the team with open arms. Sal from Arizona said, I have no opinions about the season we we're about to have, but definitely excited. Go Raiders. That's from Sal. Just no opinions, but excited. And that's okay. That's all right. Sir Whiskey Ray, Q, happy Friday. I'm digging today's questions. I expect Renfro to bounce back in a major way. First off, staying healthy is a must. If he stays healthy, I can see 82 receptions, 900 receiving yards, and six TDs. For Renfro, these numbers are highly achievable after coming off us off a not-so-good 2022 season. On another note, who do you got in tomorrow's huge boxing match? I'll say this. I'm not going to bet on this fight. We'll enjoy instead over a nice bottle of whiskey. Thanks always, Q and Ari. Have a great weekend. That's Sir Whiskey Ray. Yeah, I've been asked this question about the fight so many times. Every Saturday when I go get my hair cut, the barber will always ask me, all right, Q, who you got in the fight? And every week I say, "Ah, I'm going to go with Spence. (laughs) But I don't know. I really don't. I mean, they're both talking trash. You know, they're both very confident. It's a fight that everyone's been, you know, wanting for a while. I I don't know. I'll say this. I'm going to buy the fight. (laughs) I'll have it at the house. (laughs) I'll be watching it. Uh, I don't. I don't have any idea. But I've just. I've been rolling with Spence because for some reason I just rolled with Spence. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna stay consistent. I'm not gonna switch it up. So I guess that's the best way to answer that. Uh, that question is I'm gonna roll with Spence and we'll see what happens. But I'm like you. I'm not betting on the fight, so I don't have to worry about being disappointed at the end of the night if Crawford whoops him. Cool. Crawford whooped him. Uh, if it's a really good fight, which is all I care about when I pay for a fight, <laughs> that's that's all I care about. It's just a really good fight, so I feel like I got my money's worth. That is really. All I care about at the end of the day. So thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you. Also, we got, let's see, who else did we get? Um, I think that that was, yep, that was that was it. Oh, no, I got it. That's right. I got a tweet from uh, Just Win Wendy. She wanted to pass along some news about, uh, about former Raider defensive back Trayvon Mullen. And, man, this dude, he just... Ever since he got injured, he just never was able to get out of his own way. I'm trying to find this tweet right now. Oh, here it is. She said, uh, Trayvon Mullen news, Q. And uh, Ian Rappaport from uh, NFL Network tweeted out just a little while ago uh, that the Ravens cut Trayvon Mullen with a failure to disclose his non-football injury designation. So there's that. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, he just it just hasn't – ever since he got injured – with the Raiders, he's just never been able to – I don't even want to say get out of his own way. It's just he hasn't been able to be healthy. He just hasn't been able to be the dude that I think he had an opportunity to be. You know, I, as I responded to, to, to Wendy, I just I, – I, I like him. I thought that he was going to be a good corner, and he just he, – he got hurt, and he just never was able to, to be that guy that he was expected to be. I mean, he, he went to Arizona. Dave Ziegler traded him to the Cardinals uh, last year right, right before they were going to put him on IR, which was going to end his season. Traded him to Arizona. Arizona let him go. He ended up in Dallas. Uh, Dallas let him go. He ended up in Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore let him go. He ended up in Dallas. Ended back up in Baltimore, and now he's gone again. So it's just 
again, for, for a guy who hasn't been in the, the league that long, he just hasn't been able to to stay right ever since that, I guess, that first injury. And so that's unfortunate for Trayvon Mullen, a guy I liked quite a bit coming out of Clemson. So, uh, yeah, let's go ahead, uh, Ari, as he's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, and I'm in the Aces uh, practice facility, and they're, they're beautiful uh, headquarters here that they have right next to the Raiders headquarters on Raiders Way here in Henderson. Let's go ahead and jump into some Hunter Renfro sounds since I was talking about uh, Clemson as he's a uh, you know, Clemson alum, of course. He's very proud. He had his Clemson uh, shirt on today while he was meeting with us. And uh, so let's go ahead and start off with him just kind of reflecting. And what did he have to do to reflect? He actually left Las Vegas. He went to South Carolina. Something Vinny Bonson reported uh, right after the season was over he said he was going to get in the truck and he was going to drive all the way to South Carolina so Vinny asked him again it was very appropriate he said hey what was it like when you were reflecting in South Carolina yeah it was a long season and so um yeah I just I just got home you know the last two summers I stayed out here this this uh this summer I went back home and just got back to the fundamentals back to the basics back to you know why you love the game and um and the biggest thing for me was you know, that I, that I learned through all of it was just to control what I can control. And I think, uh, you know, getting pulled in a lot of different directions and expectations and, uh, and unnecessary ones I put on myself and just to, you know, go out there and have a great day and have a great practice and take it one day at a time, one rep at a time, one route at a time and have that kind of singular mindset. Um, and then let everything else take care of, you know, what's going to happen next. And so, um, that's really what I've, I've taken from that. So there's uh, Hunter Renfro right there just talking about kind of reflecting as he uh, went back to South Carolina, got in the truck and drove to South Carolina and uh, did some reflecting. But you heard him say, you know, uh, you know talking about, about football and dedication and why you love the game. And, again, I mentioned that it sounded like at some point during his media session that it almost sounded like he questioned if he could be an NFL wide receiver. And we all know he could be a very good NFL wide receiver, but he wasn't having fun last year. So it's just – you know, it weighs on you when you're not having fun, when you're not having the success that you're used to having. Sometimes you start to question yourself. So here's how to Renfro talking about the lack of fun from last season. I think a lot of lot of expectations I put on myself and a lot of, yeah, just trying to do too much and feeling kind of, you know, I've always gone by the two things of, you know, the way I measure my success in the season is, you know, not letting my teammates down and, and being the reason why we win games. And I feel like I didn't do a very good job of either one of those last year. And that's why, you know, I was uh, I didn't have the most fun. But there were some good parts of last year and things we can take from. And, you know, I enjoyed all my teammates and that sort of deal. But I want to uh, definitely give them the best version of myself. I could appreciate the honesty. I really can. Right. I mean, he, he says having fun is is doing the best he can and, and not letting his teammates down. And he feels like he let his teammates down last year. He didn't give them the best version of himself, right? He didn't do what he was supposed to do and, uh, you know, achieve the goals that he was looking for. So that, you know, leads to the lack of fun and, and leads to letting his teammates down and something that he definitely does not want to do. Continuing on with the Hunter Renfro sound from the media session he had earlier today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center here on Radio Nation Radio 920. How about resetting his mind? Sometimes you just got to get your mind right, right? Here's Hunter Renfro talking about the process of resetting his mind. Yeah, I mean, I think practice matters, right? And I, I feel like this spring was a big time for me to go out there and prove that I could still do it to myself and, and prove that, you know, I can, I can, I can play, right? And, um, and so that was, a big, that was a big deal to me. And so, uh, you know, hopefully I got some confidence from that and um, hopefully it carries into training camp. Hopefully he got some confidence. Hopefully it carries into training camp. I had to prove to myself that I could still play. That's, that's where I'm, I'm getting the, the, the conversation pieces about he didn't really believe in himself at a certain point, right? He, he started to lack that confidence. 
You know, again, I don't want to put too much on it. I don't want to make it sound like he was going to quit. But when you start hearing, you know, I got to prove to myself that I can still do this and that I, you know, that why I love the game. And you start hearing quotes like that, you start to think like, you know, he was in a place where it sounded like he could potentially have walked away from the game. Right. Just because it's when it becomes no fun anymore. Guess what it becomes? A job. <laughs> Nobody wants a job. Right. We're, we're all blessed. And when we get to do something that we love to do, we don't look at it as a job. People always say, oh, Q, you work all the time. Yeah, not really. I mean, I do, but not really because it's not I don't really consider it a job. It's so much fun. I love it, right? It's, it's my passion. But the minute that I wake up and I'm like, yeah, this is, you know, you got to force me to go do this. That's when I, I better find something else to do, <laughs> right? And so it sounds like at some point that Hunter Renfro felt like there may be, you know, something else he needs to do because he wasn't having the fun and he wasn't, you know, even having the confidence that he believes he can do it. So we'll get to some more sounds from Hunter Renfro in a few minutes. But let me go ahead and uh, go out to the phone lines real quick. It's 702-365-9200. Talk to our good friend Raider X. Welcome to Unnecessary Roughness. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, happy Friday to you all. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, I just want to talk about Hunter Renfro. I I have a little bit of hesitation, and I love some Hunter Renfro. Okay. I just think that um, the way that he plays, it takes a little time to develop. And one of the things that that we've been talking about since uh, the acquisition of Jimmy G is the quick offense and the quick strikes, and it, and really going, kind of going back to the theme that you're talking about uh, during these uh, this training camp and this offseason is, uh, you know, all the young bucks uh, getting the chance to, you know, make a mark and get a position, and I think it's all dependent upon Trey Tucker. Uh, I really think Trey Tucker is the, the big one. I don't think any other any of the other cast can really get that, that quick twitch and get that quick release to get that ball out, out of Jimmy G's hand in that, you know, that short period of time besides him and i think that hunter you know can run like uh i think your your uh your boy uh myers which i like to see you get that jersey that'd be kind of cool <laughs> right <laughs> but uh you know um you know looking um you know to get open and i, and I think that you know he has that ability i mean we all seen you know third and round pro uh do his thing but the overall just getting that quick release it might be just a faster guy and uh you know looking at it i i, I think that that is the only thing that, that, that worries me, uh, is he has that ability. And what's going to really bother me is when they, is if they trade him, I don't think we're going to get the, the, the return that we all, the Raider Nation, thinks that we should get from a, from a quality receiver like Hunter because he is clutch. He's got great hands and he's clutch. I just fear, fear that he's not a fit for the system. Okay. Hey, good stuff. Good stuff. Raider X, thanks for the call. I do appreciate you. And I love the fact that you set me up and you didn't even know you set me up, right? We've been hearing sounds from Hunter Renfro, and you're talking about how he fits in the offense or if he doesn't fit in the offense. Well, here's Hunter Renfro on his fit in the offense. You know, I'm, I'm practicing hard to try to, right? Uh, I think all of us are. I think everyone out there at practice is, uh, is, is doing what they can because they owe it not only to themselves, but they owe it to their teammates. And I think that's the important thing, and that's – the big thing for me where I felt like uh, I let a lot of my teammates down last year. And um, that's something that, you know, left a bad taste in my mouth and something that I want to get over and prove to them, you know, through the spring and also going into the season um, that they're that I'm a guy that they can count on and um, it's going to be consistent. So it's not a guarantee that he is a fit, like Raider X said. You know, he might not be a fit because of the quick hits, the quick strikes, and he's got, like, to do a little moving and shaking. He likes to do a little wiggle, you know, to get open, and, and he's really good at getting open. But maybe, like Raider X said, maybe he's not a, a, a really good fit. But that's why it's going to be interesting to see what he does, not only this, this training camp, preseason, you know, and then this season. I don't think that there's any chance unless a team 
all of a sudden gets desperate, like someone goes down and they need uh, a wide receiver just with the, the salary that he's receiving and what's already guaranteed and, and, and what's already there on the table. I don't see any way that he's not with the team in 2023, but the fit thing is, is, is interesting. And we had Quick call in earlier, and he said, hey, I expect, you know, because my, my question was, what are your expectations for Renfro in 2023? He said he expects him to lose his job. So, you know, it's, it's, it's brutally honest. That's his opinion, and, and that's okay. You know, I mean, that's, that's fine. The, the honesty is always appreciated. Uh, and if he is, is like Raider X said, maybe doesn't fit quite as well, maybe there is a chance that he can lose, you know, lose his job. Again, I'm not going to go ahead and put that out there on him like that. I think he's going to fight like hell to make sure he, he holds on to his job. You heard him right there. He, he's talking about he's, he's not going to let his teammates down. He's going to go out there and work, and he's doing everything he can. He's practicing really hard to show that he does fit in this offense. But I think that when, when Raider X says you know, that he's questioning it a little bit, I don't think that that's unfair, right? And I'm sure that there's coaches, and I'm sure that there's the GM and Dave Ziegler that's wanting to see it as well. I'm not saying that they're questioning him, but they just want to see it. There's a reason why they gave him a, a, a contract extension, but they want to see it. They haven't, they haven't been rewarded for, for the money that they put out there and the extension that they've given them. They haven't got their return on, on investment yet. So they want to make sure that they see that. So I, I think, like I said, Raider X, I think he brings up some really good uh, points. Now, moving on with some sounds from Hunter Renfro, uh, we've been talking about it, and it's funny because this could be part of the conversation that we're having. Uh, we heard all leading up to a certain date, and I forget what date that was, about potential trade rumors, uh, especially after Jacoby Myers was uh, acquired. Then they went out and they drafted Trey Tucker, and you're like, wait a minute, hold on. There's too many wide receivers in this room. Who's not going to be there? So, of course, he hears he hears the rumors. They all do, regardless of what they say. I don't hear anything. I don't read it. Yeah, they do. They hear it all. They see it all. So he was asked, matter of fact, Deshaun Reed from The Athletic, asked him what he thought about, you know, the trade rumors that are out there. You know, just have fun every day and control what I can control. And, um, you know, going out there with my teammates and just, just playing the best that I can and um, having fun with it. And I think, you know, I didn't, I didn't necessarily have a lot of fun last year. And, um, and so that's my big thing for this year is find ways to have fun and, you know, not really care about the outside noise and just go out there and, um, you know, go in with my teammates and find a way to have a blast. So there you go. Uh, not a whole lot on the trade rumors, but uh, he definitely heard it. Uh, and he's just going to go out there and have fun, go out there with his teammates and do the best he can. But, uh, you know, when he was talking about it in the facility when we were sitting there, uh, he, had a, he had a smile on his face. So, I mean, he kind of smirked, right? I mean, he, he hears it. He, kn- he knows what's going on. and he, he knew the conversation and that the conversations were out there in a major way. we got some more sounds from Hunter Renfro coming up in a hot second, but uh, let's go out to the phone lines at 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our guy, Raider Mac. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Mac? What's up, Q? What's up, everybody? You guys are doing a great job, man. I appreciate the. This is when, you know, we know what kind of team we built in, in training camp. Um, Q, um, as far as Hunter Renfro, that's ridiculous, man. For real, I can't believe Raider fans, that's why we are fans, because, you know, one minute you – you're 100% with this guy. And I understand, you know, I understand people saying, well, you know, he said it himself. He let himself down, which I, I, I think the system is, is fine for him. But it doesn't matter where you go and play. If you can play, you can play. It doesn't make a difference. You, 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 if you're not good, it, it'll show. Hunter Renfro is a good slot receiver. He's one of the best slot receivers in the league. He just was a little banged up last year, and he had to get rid of get, – um, get into the system of McDaniels and stuff. So he's going to be okay for all these fans. You get rid of him and see what you're going to do on third down. This dude is clutch on third down. He's been one of the most clutch third down players in the league. Go look it up. Two years in 
in the in the three years he's been in the league, he's been clutch. So my thing for fans, just relax and let the kid play. Like he said, he he he's owning it up. I like a guy. Yeah, that's yeah, he was honest. He was honest about it. Yep. Yeah, and that's what you want. You want well, you you want that. And Q, uh, your boy, man, he ain't doing nothing in camp. I, I don't care. Q, he about to lose this fight. And you know who I'm talking about. I ain't going to talk bad about him. Trayvon Merrick. He ain't doing nothing in camp. Q, we, here's my thing with, with, with the secondary right now. Mm-hmm. We got to find guys now. And I understand it's a battle. But you know you know who can, who can play and who can't play. I mean, and I guess you need the pads to see everything, but tape don't lie. Um, Q, also about the kickers, mm-hmm. we've had one of the best kicking. You know, a lot of people turned their head when um, Janikowski was the number one pick uh, for the Raiders in the first round that year. And, man, that kid turned out to be so great, even though he had a couple off-field things. But we've had some great kickers. I have a question for you. Who do you think is the best punter? Or the uh, or the best kicker we've had of all time in in the organization. I'll let you go on that one. All right, thanks so much. I think Ray Guy, no doubt, right? I mean, Ray Guy was a dude. I mean, I was a, I was a big uh, Leckler fan. Uh, I liked Marquette King, to be honest with you. I thought he did a hell of a job. He just got a, he got penalties, and he's a punter, and you can't do that. Uh, the one thing about the Raiders, they've always had a really good kicking unit. Right, I mean, they for some reason the Raiders always find a way to get a really good punter. <laughs> they get a really good kicker at some point. Now there were some dark days where they didn't have very good field goal kickers. That's why Janikowski was drafted in the first round. I remember there was a time where I thought they were going to trot me out there to try to kick, and I can't kick worth nothing. So you know, what I mean, they, they they had a few lean years, but I always respect the fact that they find a kicker, they find a punter. Even Daniel Carlson. I mean, remember he didn't get drafted by the Raiders, right? He got cut by the Vikings. I mean, think about that. He got cut by the Vikings, and the Raiders picked him up. I mean, it's funny. We talk about the, the previous staff and their failures. Think about that. They picked up Daniel Carlson. They took a chance on him after he got released by Minnesota. And, well, he came, he came to the Raiders after taking a little bit of time to get his mind wreck and get his mind right. And, well, now he's turned into one of the best kickers in the league. So there's that. As far as uh, Hunter goes, I, I think that, you know, you just you can – you can, you can understand what Raider X was talking about. You know, again, I think that he makes the team as well. I think he'll be fine and he'll play this year for sure. But, you know, he, Raider X brings up a good point about the fact that he, he's, you know, he does a lot, of, a lot of juking and a lot of different ways to get into that route and get open that may take too long to develop, right? And so that may not be a great fit. And you can hear it in Hunter's voice when he's, he's answering the questions that, you know, he, he's, he's trying to show that he fits. And I, I, do, I do think he would be a huge asset. I think he'd be awesome in this offense. He's just got to find his groove and, and, and find what works for him. And I do believe that he will because, well, he's just that good. Um, let's see. What was uh, – what do you want to do, Are You want to take one more call? What do you want to do? Okay, let's go to Hardcore Raider. Welcome to the show, Hardcore. What's on your mind? Yeah, I want to talk about Hunter Renfro. So there was a key interview uh, done by Hunter Renfro, and I think someone he went to college with, uh, like back in January before Josh McDaniels took the coaching gig. And I think he dropped a lot of nuggets about, like, how he trains himself and his mm-hmm. off season. And, you know, one of the things he said that I'm going to, you know, kind of take some shots at Hunter is he said in the off seasons that he doesn't really amp up his workouts and he just tries to rest his body. And that was something that stood out to me that was a negative. However, there was also some stuff in there where, so this is before we had our coach, where he's like, you know, if we get a coach and they do 12 personnel, I'm not really, 
that doesn't really fit my skill set to do a 12 personnel. One, one of the other nuggets he dropped was going back to the Gruden era where he wasn't doing very good, and then right before the Bears game in London that he started kind of doing his own thing, and that's where we lead into the jukes and stuff where he's taking extra time to do his routes. But let's keep this in proper context because we all knew Hunter Renfro was kind of freestyling his routes, right? Right. And uh, everybody in Raider Nation knew that. So I'm going to assume, assume that Josh McDaniels knew that. And even after knowing that, they gave him a contract. So th- this is really mind-boggling to me because you look at it, and if he doesn't fit your scheme, but you, you were the ones that gave him a contract, and now all of a sudden it's like, well, he's not a scheme fit. I just, I don't know. There's a lot of smoke out there, and I look at it, and I, I have a lot of questions about the decisions the coaching staff made. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. And, look, I think that everyone kind of realized who Hunter is, but at the same time you see the talent, you think, you know what, I can get him to do – run his routes the way I need him to run my routes. I mean, you don't just walk in and say, yeah, I know this guy's talented, but he does it his way, and I don't think he can do it. So I think that you give him a shot. I think you give him an opportunity and realize how good he could be in your scheme. So I'm, I'm, I'm okay with them giving him a contract extension. Uh, the big disappointment from him last year is just that it wasn't available. He got banged up. He got uh, the concussion early, and he just never seemed to be that same guy. But thank you so much for that call. I do appreciate it. Let's get one more quick call, and we'll get to Nick Shook. Uh, Dino from Toronto, what's on your mind, my man? Welcome to the show. Hey, Q. Thanks, man. Long time. Haven't talked to you guys, but welcome back. So good to have the Raiders back in, in, the, in the spotlight. Um, the one thing about this new, uh, this new coaching staff is that it's like a lot of coaching staff, they, they want to bring in their own guys. and it's, it's kind of that, That's the thing that kind of disturbs me a little bit is like, you know, it's like if you if you um, if you marry a woman who's got kids from another marriage, what do you do? Get rid of them? You know what I mean? It's like you can't, right? So you got to learn how to kind of work with what you got. I understand they want to bring in their own guys. The one thing about Hunter Renfrew that resonated with me was the season before when they made it to the playoffs, and he said a comment, and it still sticks to me to this day, man. He says, "Listen, a lot of guys play with emotion, and a lot of guys play emotional, and there's a big difference between that." And I think that this guy's IQ is really high. They just got to find a way to make it work. That's all. Um, and uh, that's all I got to say about that. Thanks, man. It's a great call. Appreciate you. And, I mean, yeah, I mean, we can't really talk about a job and talk about kids at the same time, and those two things don't go hand in hand. I'll say this, that no matter what job you do in life, no job, it doesn't matter, whatever job it is, if you take over uh, and you're, you're in charge at whatever job it is, you probably want people that think the same way as you, right, and operate the same way as you and kind of know what makes you tick. Right, So you don't have to try to explain yourself who you are and your expectations because how many times have you heard someone say, well, that's not how we always do it. We've always done it this way. right? I mean, that, and that's just, that's just reality. It doesn't matter what job it is, if it's football, basketball, radio, if it's working at the grocery store. right? I mean, if you take over something, you're taking over for a reason. right? The, the old way must not have been working because you're there. <laughs> right? And so if you're, you're in charge, the one thing you don't want to hear and I promise you, it doesn't matter what job you're doing. You never want to hear, well, that's how we've always done it. Okay, well, that's not, that doesn't work. That's, that, that, that doesn't matter. So, you know, that's why people bring in, and it's not exclusive to the Raiders. Every team in the league, when a new coach comes in, they, they eventually bring in all their guys, bring in guys that they feel comfortable with, guys that they know. And I'll say this, and then we'll take a break, get to Nick Shook. It seems like the guys that are in the locker room are all good with each other. It seems like everyone's pretty happy that everyone's there. From what it sounds like, uh, everyone is on the same page. Everyone's really chill. Everyone is, uh, you know, uh, they've got each other's back. A.J. Cole said there's no divas, there's no head cases, right? I think that's a positive. I think those are all positives, right? You want to work with people that 
you get along with, right? I mean, I have James here holding it down into Ace's facility for me. You know, got everything set up. You know how much easier it is to work with James because I like him? He's a good dude. I know what to count on. I know that he's going to be prepared and be ready to go. As opposed to if I had someone here that wasn't worth the salt, that I was like, oh, man, I got that guy? Oh, no. This is going to be, this is going to be horrible. And I, we don't have any of those guys at, at our, our job, by the way. Uh, everyone does a hell of a job, so I do appreciate them. But, I mean, I've worked at places where you don't, you don't get excited about the guy that you're working with, right? So, I mean, it's just, it's just that simple. So I think that bringing in your own guys is something that everyone does, everyone appreciates, and everyone could, uh, you know, you really benefit from at times. So there's that. So thank you so much for that. Uh, you want to chime in on the don'tbebroke.com text line, you can at 69187, keyword R&R. Expectations for Hunter Renfro in year two in Josh McDaniel's system. Said he wasn't having very much fun last year. I uh, was trying to get back to having fun this year. And then also, if you want to uh, chime in on who you believe the starters in the secondary are going to be, the outside corners and the slot corner, let us know about that as well. 69187, keyword R&R. When we come back, Nick Shook from NFL.com will join the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. It's time for Q's Cover 3, NFL news and notes of the day, here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And here we are kicking off Cover 3 on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And what better way to do it than with our good friend Nick Shook from NFL.com. And Nick, thanks so much for joining the show this afternoon. Definitely appreciate you. I got to start with Sean Payton, man. Of course, I'm here in Vegas, as you know, covering the Raiders, but also covering the AFC West. And Sean Payton made all the noise talking about the Broncos, talking about Nathaniel Hackett, the Jets, Russell Wilson, all this other stuff. And a lot of stuff he said wasn't necessarily wrong until the fact that he decided to basically almost walk some of it back today. So what did you think of this Sean Payton situation going on uh, when he's talking about Hackett and what was going on in Denver last season? So this read to me like a conversation that uh, one person has with another buddy, but not the buddy who happens to also work in sports media for, and is a you know highly respected uh, columnist you know over many decades. Um, and that's the downside to it because frankly, when I when I read the comments, I was like, man, I appreciate his candidness. Like right. I'm glad he's being very blunt and honest here. Uh, but it, it read like somebody who went on a bit of a rant when they were just kind of hanging out and, and discussing the matter. So, um, uh, you know, of course, he's got to walk it back, right? The PR move the next day, he's got to walk it back. I think that uh, it, many of these conversations regarding a number of different topics happen all the time. It's just that they don't often get published. So yeah, you got to be a little bit better about, uh, you know, who <laughs> he's making the comments to, not to say that, you know, nothing against Jared Bell. Right. But, um, you know, maybe you, you you make that comment to a friend who who is not in the media, and, and it doesn't get out there. I'm sure that's been said many times across the board in many situations. So uh, he learns a lesson. He learns that yeah, I'm not on TV. I'm back on the sideline. I'm back with the team. I thought it was very interesting that uh, he even took shots at the front office of the team he works for. <laughs> right. I mean, he that's that's what I say when when I'm saying he was being bluntly honest. It was it, it was he, he didn't no nobody was spared in those comments and. And, uh, you know, when he walked it back, you know, he just admitted, hey, I need to have more of a filter, you know. So I get it. I understand. And, and I think it's revealing because it's kind of, you know, it's, it's two things to me. One, it's, it's an impassioned defense and a, and a bit of a finger pointing away from Russell Wilson. Because Russell Wilson is the most important part of what Sean Payton is trying to accomplish in Denver. If he does not have Russell in the best mental state, feeling the most confident and ready to play, they don't have a chance. And they that franchise is still very much tied to Russell Wilson, so they need him to play well. So he's going to probably go to the end of the earth to defend him, at least in the public eye. 
And then uh, the other side of it was, uh, you know, him just being flat out honest about what he, what he observed, which was a, kind of a disaster. We saw, you know, playing last year. Right. And uh, that's why I said, I mean, I, I wasn't mad at what he said because I think a lot of it was right. I mean, Nathaniel Hackett was not a very good head coach. Uh, obviously, Denver hired him with thoughts that they were going to get Aaron Rodgers. They did not. They ended up with Russell Wilson. But the other thing about this, Nick, and, and correct me if you think I'm wrong, I also feel like he was letting it be known that this is a big time work in progress just in case he can't get things turned around real fast it's almost like hey by the way what i picked up and what challenge i just took on is bigger than you could imagine yeah it's almost like he's setting a table for one of two things either i just pulled off one of the greatest turnarounds in history or i walked into a mess it's going to take a little bit longer to clean up the thing is, is he, he shouldn't like I, I don't know if it's if it's really that big brained of a move he shouldn't really necessarily feel the need to set the table and this is a team that gave up capital to get you right it's really more i think about reinforcing the confidence of russell wilson than anything because Last year was dreadful, and he needs to be in a better spot. And right now, we don't know what Russ is. And he, you know, he made a statement where he said, you know, you know, he, 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 he it wasn't him, you know, hitting a wall or he declined. You know, he said they couldn't get a play in. They were 29th in the league in pre-snap penalties on both sides of the ball, which is right. They right. were. Yep. It got so bad that the Broncos fans were counting down the play clock sarcastically in a home game, and that was, <laughs> I think, before week eight. So things were bad. Like, yeah. He's not wrong. It's just that it's shocking. I personally enjoy it that he said this in a public setting or right. something that was going to end up being published, you know? Yeah, no doubt, especially by someone like Jared Bell, who has as many followers and people know how good of a writer he is. So everybody and their mother is going to pick up on it. And of course, uh, it did. It just took off in a major way. And the only thing that I think he really did wrong, Nick, was the fact that he brought up the Jets now. Like, I don't think that that was necessary to, to fire any kind of shots at the Jets organization. Who cares? They got Nathaniel Hackett. They've got Aaron Rodgers. You know, they got Robert Sala there. They're on hard knocks. Who cares? Like everything I think should have been solely focused on the Denver Broncos. Well, so this is how I knew that he was. This is a one on one situation where he's probably sitting there. And this I've been in these conversations before in in a number of different settings. These can happen at 9 a.m. over a coffee in a coffee shop or in somebody's office in a facility or just over the phone. Or these can happen at midnight at a bar somewhere else. I mean, like, this feels like a bar time. conversation, Nick. This feels like a bar right. conversation. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it wasn't a bar. That's what's crazy about it. Right. I don't know if it was a bar conversation, <laughs> but that's it, it felt like it because he went on a rant where he goes, uh, remember when Dan Snyder put that dream team together? I was with the Giants. I was a young coach. I thought, how are we going to compete with them? Dion's there now. That team won eight games. Like I've been in a situation where guys just pull up stuff from way early in their career and throw that stuff down the table and say, hey, look, man, I've been around for 20 plus years. I've seen this stuff happen. It's not that easy. They're going around, you know, uh, waving their their pom poms and saying that we won the offseason and everything else. You know, that's what he was really criticizing more than anything. I feel like he kind of threw the Jets in there because A, Hackett's there right. and B, they're on hard knocks. And they didn't want to be on hard knocks. So I get it. Like, I understand what he's saying. I just think that he, again, was in that setting where he was like, hey, you know what? Let me tell you something else. He just went down the list. <laughs> yeah. By the way, while we're on the subject, let me throw oh, this out there. by the way. <laughs> and not only that. <laughs> and his haircut is terrible, right? Or something. He just, everything. Again, that's why I felt like such a, a bar type situation. But you're right. I don't think with Jared Bell, it was a bar type conversation. Nick Shook is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Well, around the rest of the league, uh, all of a sudden training camp and the worst part of training camp is starting to happen injuries Jalen Ramsey had surgery today he had a full repair of the meniscus so he's out to at least December how big of a blow is that for the Miami Dolphins who have a really good offense but were 
were counting on Ramsey to really help out that defense. So that was their big fish in the offseason. Yep. I was going and getting a corner that they thought was going to come in and play lockdown defense. Now, the opinion on Ramsey differs depending on who you talk to. Pro Football True. Focus loves him. I mean, they, he, I think they graded him as the number two corner in the NFL last year. And I personally thought he had a down year. And there was a, many times where he blew coverages. But, you know, we can agree to disagree on that. The fact of the matter is, is this is a guy that they were going to count on a lot in their roster who's not going to be there anymore. So it's, it is a blow. It's a pretty significant blow. Um, and, and it's not going to be the only one we see. In, you know, I hate to say that. I don't want to be the bringer, the bearer of bad news and right. the bringer of doom, but it's just, a, it's just what happens in training camp. Guys mm-hmm. get hurt. Joe Burrow pulled up lame yesterday with a calf injury. Like this happens all the time. It's unfortunate. It's part of the game. They're not even in pads yet. Most of them. Right. And, uh, and so, you know, I'm sure more stuff like this will happen, but it is, for Miami specifically, you know, they already had a pretty good defense, so I feel like they're more equipped to weather that than some other teams would be. But anytime you get a guy of that caliber, a big name like that in the offseason, and then you lose until December, man, it takes a little bit of the wind out of your sails, and it really forces you to try to, you know, uh, bounce back and fight through some of that adversity. Well, you mentioned Joe Burrow, and he did go down and gave the whole NFL a scare uh, yesterday when he went down with the calf injury, and he's a guy that's seeking a contract. We just saw what Justin Herbert got. He got a massive contract. We know Joe Burrow's going to eclipse that. Do you expect to see Burrow at any time in training camp uh, after that scare on Thursday? Man, isn't that wild? He Right before that practice, he went up to the podium and said, it gets done when it gets done. Like right. I'm not worried about it. It gets done. And then he goes out and strains his calf. You know, like, suddenly it's like, yeah, you better get that done. Right. It's a real quick reminder. Hey, go get that contract done. Get your money. Make sure you do before anything like bad could happen. Because it could happen at any moment. You got to play every play like it's your last. You know, old cliche. So yep. um, I would not expect to see. There's there's a number of guys I wouldn't expect to see in the preseason. Aaron Rodgers, I wouldn't expect to see him at all in the preseason. I wouldn't expect to see Joe Burrow. Guys that are established, there's no point in them playing. You know, I know you got to knock the rust off and everything, but like we saw this last year, the first month turned into preseason because it was the first month of games that counted. Like that, it's just not worth the risk anymore. And I hate to say it for everybody who buys their tickets to the preseason game, you know, go check it out and watch football. It's still football. It's just some of those marquee quarterbacks that might not be available, but it's in the best interest of their team. They're protecting their investment. So I, I certainly wouldn't expect to see any of those other guys. And, you know, Burrow, especially, he's pretty acquainted with this you know he came back from that knee injury after his rookie year and he had a pretty long road back to the field where we were updating his status all the time so uh and and he took that slow path back to make sure he was fully right that's what's most important right now because they always say start a camp is when you're going to feel your best you're never going to feel that good again for the rest of the year because of the wear and tear on your body so there's no point in accelerating that wear and tear by participating in meaningless games or even in some practices Right. I'll tell you, I, I was really concerned, though, when I saw that uh, that injury to, to Joe Burrow and, and the way it looked, just because what they had said, and he had a sleeve on his calf already, and so he said it was a little bit, you know, sore calf from the day before, and then all of a sudden he goes down with the injury. I immediately thought, as a Warrior fan, I immediately thought of KD against the against the Raptors, right? He had, a, he had the injury, and then he came back, and then he had the real bad injury, and of course, I'd never put that on Joe Burrow, but man, that was a massive, massive scare uh, when it came to Burrow and the Bengals, and if you're, if you're Cincinnati, I mean, are you? Are, how, how concerned are you that this this might not be quite out of the woods yet? Well, calves are kind of like hamstrings; um, they can be nagging, so mm-hmm. it's something that you're worried about. But we did just watch the Super Bowl in February, in which a guy had a demonstrated, you know, lower extremity injury, like a calf, like an ankle. Scrambled for like 40 yards and set the game-winning field goal to right. to win one of the best Super Bowls in history. So. Um, I, I think that, you know, it matters when it happens. I think that it happens at the beginning of camp. He's going to have a month to really figure it out before he's a month plus really to figure it out before he 
has to, you know, suit up and play. So I think they'll be super cautious with it and uh, do their best, you know, as medical professionals to try to give him the best opportunity to avoid any sort of aggravation of that injury going forward. Nick Shook, NFL.com is our guest here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. We saw earlier in the week before camp opened up for the Giants what Saquon Barkley decided to do, uh, and the Giants decided to do. They put a little bit of extra sugar on top of his franchise tag, basically $900,000. He reports the camp before anybody gets there. So uh, they had the big Zoom call over the weekend with the running backs, and I don't know what that conversation was, but it must not have been too promising because he uh, he, he turned about face and, and decided he was going to sign the deal and get to camp so do you expect to see that same situation play out in the long run for josh jacobs as well i think these are two unique situations you know jacobs doesn't have the um he doesn't have the injury history that saquon had uh jake jacobs is coming off the best year of his career in which he pretty much carried that offense especially down the stretch um and and i think he's in line to make more money he's younger uh so it kind of makes more sense for him to stay away and, and wait to get a better deal uh, or or to figure something out and not risk the franchise tag. Saquon, I mean, he signed a one-year deal that essentially paid him the same. Mm-hmm. And, oh, you can make another million dollars if we make the playoffs and you hit these really high marks that are going to be really difficult to hit. So um, everything's got to go right for Saquon to make that extra money. It's more symbolic than anything, I think, in my opinion. So um a bit of a surprise but i also think it's indicative of really the way free agent markets are right now i mean I, even buddha baker got like 300 grand in, in additional signing bonuses like to bridge that gap like that's not a lot of money when we're talking about some of these guys i mean 300 grand i'll take 300 grand right, right now me and you wrong. it's a lot but, of money right <laughs> yeah but, but for these guys that's you know that's getting your pocket change so right um I, I, yeah it's 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 pretty indicative of of the fact that there's not a lot of room to buzz with a lot of these guys. Just the leverage isn't there. I don't know. Uh, it's we're kind of getting to this point where you either have the guys who are like, yeah, we'll give you a little tiny bit more, you know, in cash and your signing bonus, and that's it. Like you got to go earn it. Or it's the guys who are like, yeah, we're definitely going to sign you. Quentin Williams, we're going to sign you. That ain't, that ain't no question. Right. Joe Burrow, we're going to sign you. Justin Herbert, we're going to sign you. Like all those guys are slam dunk extensions. There's kind of a gray area in between is kind of disappearing, or at least it is this off season. I think this off season is unique for a number of reasons though. And then running back probably captures it the most. And you still have a lot of quality talented players out there who are still available and uh, more than usual in an off season at this point in the year. So, but again, like we said, you know, the injuries are going to continue to happen. These guys will get jobs. Yeah, uh, it's just a matter of, of when. You know, as unfortunate as it will be for those who do suffer injuries. Yeah, and there's no doubt. I mean, Dalvin Cook is still out there. It looks like he's going to sign with the Jets, or at least it feels like that. Aaron Rodgers. I did want to ask you about him and the thing that was very un Aaron Rodgers like that he did, which was take a massive pay cut, uh, restructure his contract, basically give back thirty five million dollars. I th- I feel like it almost guarantees he's going to be with the Jets at least two seasons. That whole situation with with a Rod that happened earlier this week. What did you make of that? Isn't it fun when a guy who's been the source of all this off-season drama and demanded the absolute most from the Packers each of the last few off-seasons goes to his new team, says he feels rejuvenated, even participates in the off-season activities, and then he says, you know what, I don't need all that money. Go spend it to be good. I want to win a championship. Everything's hunky-dory in Florham Park right now. Everything's going great for the Jets. There's nothing but... Blue skies and and they got they even got three different midfield designs for their field this year mm-hmm. at uh, MetLife Stadium. Everything's going great for them. Hard Knocks is there. Aaron Rodgers is giving money back. He wants to spread the wealth <laughs> to other people on the team. We'll see how it pans out. I mean, right. I, I, it is surprising. It's just it's out of character for him uh, based on how he's acted in recent years. But 
maybe he is turning over a new leaf in his new setting. But right now, you know, I mean, it is rare. Yeah. You know, players usually don't do this, but I think he has enough money to where he can say, hey, you know what? Hey, look, I, I'd love to get $55 million, you know, every year. But here's a big chunk of that back. I want to go win. That's what matters more to me right now. So, hey, it's nice to see. You know, for those of us who believe there is a reason to wake up every morning and hope that there are good people out there. Well, yeah, you know, maybe greed isn't as bad as we thought. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how, I mean, everything is good right now because everything is good right now. We'll see how it is when adversity hits. And we know in the National Football League, it's guaranteed to make sure adversity will hit at some point. Well, we'll wrap up with this. Uh, Anthony Richardson from the Colts, he's uh, taking snaps with the first team. I don't think that that comes as a big shock. Uh, earlier in the week, Bryce Young was named as a starter for Carolina. C.J. Stroud is no doubt going to be the starter, starter in uh, Houston, even though it hasn't been said by D'Amico Ryans. I mean, you're looking at those three guys, Nick, and I've been looking at them saying all three aren't going to be good. <laughs> any any update on how you feel about those three guys going, you know, about a week into camp now? Feels a little premature with Richardson. Um Feels a little rushed. This is a team that has made some decisions in recent years powered by ownership. Uh, we mm -hmm. saw who they hired as an interim coach last year. Yeah. Um, so it's not surprising that, that this has happened. I mean, you want that guy to be your franchise quarterback. I think there are some things that he needs to figure out before he can be that franchise quarterback they want him to be. Uh, some of it has to do with mechanics. And um, I'm not there, so I can't tell you if it's suddenly changed, but um, it does feel a little premature with him. I think, you know, Young was inevitable. Yep. Bryce Young was inevitable yep. moving to QB1. We all knew that was coming in. Strad will be there soon enough. And I think both of them will, will find relative success in their first year. They'll have their struggles that are typical of rookies, but they'll be the players that we expect them to be. Richardson, on the other hand, ceiling super high, uh, but it's not nearly as certain. I don't, I don't like to go ceiling floor necessarily because – his floor's still all right because he's just such a freak of nature athletically and he's just so talented. But there are more things that, more questions that have to be answered with him than with the other two guys. So this is something that I think we should continue to monitor and, and see really how the preseason goes. I think that's probably the most important preseason uh, participation we should be watching out for among the rookie quarterbacks is, is Anthony Richardson. And, and maybe they're just getting him prepared to take those snaps, you know, with the start of this week. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It really will. I mean, it does feel a little bit rushed. Like I said, it was kind of like the, the inevitable that it was going to happen at some point. But as you mentioned, uh, it felt like an ownership type thing. And when it comes to Jim Irsay, well, anything is possible when it comes to that guy. Well, good stuff, Nick, as always. Uh, what are you working on, man? Are you doing some training camp? Uh, are you all over training camps? What you got going on right now? Back together weekend tomorrow, NFL Network, wall-to-wall -wall coverage. You won't see me on TV, but you will read my stuff online. We got the Hall of Fame game next week, Browns and Jets. Uh, I got a long feature on Joe Thomas coming out next nice. week uh, that I'm actually working on finalizing right now. And, uh, you know, a number of other things coming down the pike. So, uh Plenty of stuff on the way. It's ramping up, baby. Football season's here. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. About, what, 41 days from the start of the season, which is crazy to think. But uh, here we go. And only NFL fans count down exactly how many days it is to the beginning of the season. So it lets you know exactly what we think about the NFL game. Well, Nick, thanks so much for your time, man. Great stuff as always. Have a fantastic weekend. I appreciate you. Yeah, I'll tell you what, the first weekend I know I'm scheduled to work. That's when I know football season's back. So you can leave that 41 days out. We're already back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you later, Q. Thanks for having me, man. No doubt, no doubt. Nick Shook right there, NFL.com, NFL Network, joining us, talking all things NFL live from the Las Vegas Aces. Their facility coming up next is hour number three of the show. It's Unnecessary Roughness on Red Nation Radio 920.